or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Friday, everybody. Hope you're doing well on this Friday, November 3rd, 2023. This is On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. My name is Jacob Goins with you for the next two hours right here on ESPN 1067. It is sunny, 65, and beautiful here in Auburn, Alabama. Hope you're doing well. You finally made it through the week. The weekend is almost here, and I hope you've had a great week. I'm sure you have lots of great plans for the weekend. Lots of football to talk about today and watch this weekend. And of course, that's exactly what we are going to do is talk all things football here on the show today. Auburn playing Vanderbilt tomorrow in Nashville. We've got some major games around the SEC uh, that we need to talk about. Two of them that will determine who plays in Atlanta, I think. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We've got uh, Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett will join us in the second hour uh, for the second hour on Fridays brought to you by Sense of Green Heating and Air. We have my interview with Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante coming up at 2.30. And as we do on Fridays to start the show here throughout football season, we have Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports and ParamountSports.com to start off the show. Lee, great to hear from you, man. I hope you're doing well. I am. And uh, I think this is, there's been some good, like let's say college weeks or a good NFL card. I think this is the best we've seen. I mean, there's legitimately six, seven games that would be top two games any weekend in college football. And then in the NFL, are you kidding me? Kansas City, Miami starts it off. Then Baltimore, Seattle. Then we go to Philadelphia and Dallas. And yeah. then we end the night with Cincinnati and rematch against Buffalo. So I, uh, my wife asked me, she goes, I'm thinking about having some friends over for lunch. And I'm like, I'm on Eastern time. I'm like, well, I'm like free, like from 1237 to one o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, you've got, you got 15 minutes. I hope y'all can eat fast. Well, I, was, right? I was being generous. 23. There 23. you go. There you go. Yeah. That's right. Hey, <laughs> yeah, you're a nicer man than I am. I, I would have said y'all can eat outside on the deck or something. Like, oh, I mean, there, there was like, like my daughter just got engaged over the summer. Okay. She's get, I got married July 3rd. She's getting married July 5th. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So, uh, just, uh, you know, you, you got to do it when there's no football going on. We were married maybe six months, and what happened? We got a invitation for Florida, Florida State. I mean, oh. Miami, Florida State weekend. Oh. And she, she looked at me, and she goes, I guess we'll be sending a nice parting gift. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a, that's a yeah. sin in the South, yeah. man. You can't have fall weddings. We can't, we, nobody yeah. has time yeah. for that. You can't do yeah. that. Yeah. And yeah. Um, that includes a weekend like this, Lee, where, uh, I mean, there are just so many big games. You ran off a lot of the NFL games and, of course, a lot of big college games as well. Before we get into the games you want to highlight and some of your picks for yeah. this weekend, tell everybody who you are tell them where yep. you are and how they can find you man we've gotten so much great feedback from having you on the show i hope you're seeing it on your end as well so plug everything you got going on well thanks so much uh you know i'm not going to win every game or every week 
former college quarterback, played at a school called, at the time, Southwest Texas State, now Texas State, won the FCS championship in the early 80s. And uh, I watch games nonstop, and I'm not going to, you know, like I said, win all the time, but I'm going to give you my take and normally how one team's strength will attack another's weakness. And uh, we're 66-46 and 46 this year in football, winning in every single sport. So hopefully if you're looking for a little bit of help and – comes legal it's going to be legal here in in florida in two weeks so i think it's i don't know if you noticed last night did you see that two of the three games college games college quarterbacks looked like they were going to start and ended up uh not starting yeah it's now. been crazy auburn has dealt with that all season long against their opponents i mean they've got another game this weekend against vanderbilt where they don't 100 yeah. percent know who the starting quarterback is right so um i think eventually I'm not positive, but I think, like, the NFL has, you got to report Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday in injuries. If college football, they can tell you, you know, about HIPAA laws and all that, that's great. But if they want to get the money, and we're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars mm-hmm. from these different sports books, and the, you know, the, the BetMGMs, the, the DraftKings, the FanDuel's, and, and so on, they're going to eventually, I believe, have to report it because What's going to happen is they're going to say, you know what, we'll just put our money in the NFL. If People just want a fair shake. That's right. Eh, that's it. You know, it's hard enough to win at when you're laying 110 to win 100. But, like, for the first time in a long time, I, we got fooled. I had South Alabama. I'm up front and I tell you, I felt they had a good chance. Well, as soon as I saw the quarterback was up, young freshman is fine. But, you know, the line went from – getting four and a half to seven and i'm like it's a loser the kid just is not at the starters level so right he's uh, not who you bet on i mean he's not who you picked yeah Yeah. no absolutely right and they just announced it you know out of the blue miami's done it it's happened uh you know the auburn games Mm -hmm. and even even with like marshall like two three weeks ago midweek game they had a sickness among team they had like 20 guys out oh i mean you can't do that to people. No, you can't. Not people yeah. in your business, man. Well, yeah. um, hopefully none of the games that we have up for discussion today <laughs> right. have that issue. Um, all of the games we're talking about today are in the SEC. Go find Lee Sterling at Paramount Sports and ParamountSports.com. We've got some big ones, man. Let's get rolling. Florida and Arkansas, a game that will fly under the radar this week in the SEC. But Florida, a bit better than people thought they were going to be. Maybe got humbled last week. And Arkansas, desperate for a win. Florida catching six and favored by almost a touchdown against the Hogs. All right. So I think they're begging you to take Florida here. The line keeps coming down. I just think this is one of those K.J. Jefferson games where he just keeps his team alive. Mm. I've watched Florida all season long. They have some moments. But this is not a good team. I just was shocked. They opened up a seven-point lead. They got the ball back, I think, two or three times up 7 nothing. Go for the jugular. You know, try a trick play. Do something. Right. They didn't. And I think I call them now, uh, I call their head coach Sunbelt Billy because maybe that's <laughs> the, his only ceiling where he's going to go. I think K.J. Jefferson, they also fired the offensive coordinator, which probably was a good move. I think he's going to keep them in the game. I think he might pull it out here. I like Arkansas 26-20. Okay, okay. Right. Well, like I said, this is a game that um, not a lot of people will watch. I think people keep an eye on the score, but there's so many other games going on in this conference tomorrow, including the game at 11 a.m., that I think 
could be one of the best games of the day. Ole Miss favored by three against Texas A&M, 11 a.m. kick. Just two completely different teams right here. What's your thoughts on this game, Lee? This could be really, really weird. Yeah, it could be. And with Lane Kiffin, you can't just go all in. You never know what he's going to do. You talk about a guy that always against, it seems like, Alabama. You know, he gets down in a game and he gets desperate. And he tried to use the pass to set up the run. Well, the last couple of weeks, he's been playing it smart. I mean, he's been running this kid, Junkins. I mean, Junkins has got 475 yards last four games. Yeah, he's a stud. He's been using him to open up the run for Jackson Dart. When Jackson Dart pulls it out and runs, there's been a couple holes the size of Mack trucks. And then it also helps the passing game. So he has been very smart the last couple of weeks. Is he going to keep it up? Lane Kiffin's like that that guy. Like I have kids. I have my oldest. She can be good for a certain period of time. Eventually, she's going to blow it and do something. <laughs> I'm just being honest. They, you know, all, they always you, oh, do, right? They always do. Yeah. So I'm going to put both feet in here in the deep end. You know when you're sitting in a pool, mm-hmm. how people sit on the end? I'm not going to dive in the pool because next week, you know, against Georgia, he's down. He might start – going for it every fourth down again. But if he's smart, and I think he will be for at least one more week, that's the path to win this game here. I don't think Max Johnson at this point, with all that talent around him, you put another quarterback there, a good quarterback, they're scoring 30 to 40 a game. I don't think Max Johnson's even a game manager at this point here. I think the guy just doesn't have it. I mean, all, all you're hearing is every week they talk about him throwing to his brother. you got to hit the guys that are talented on the outside Guys will be playing in the NFL. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go with Ole Miss here, 31-20. Yeah, and, and the problem in a game like this, if you if you're scared to go with the unpredictability of Lane Kiffin, you're going to the opposite sideline with Jimbo Fitcher, who has been the most average coach in the SEC in the last five years. Yep. So you, you just it's it's a tough game to pick, but I like your pick of Ole Miss to win and to cover a three-point spread. We're talking with Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports and ParamountSports.com. Go check them out. They've got picks for all the different games and all the different sports. Uh, you name it, they have got it. Two of the biggest games, not just in the conference lead, not just in the country this weekend, but two of the biggest games of the season happening on Saturday. We'll start with the earlier game. Georgia favored by 16 against Missouri, the biggest surprise of the SEC so far this season. Can Missouri really pull off an upset here, or is this a game where Georgia reminds everybody why they're back-to-back national champions? So I do believe that Missouri is much better than they've been the last couple years. Last year, they were starting to turn it around. They only lost 26-22. to 22. I think the bye will help them prepare, feel that this Missouri defense, although not great, is better. Really, only Jaden Daniels did anything against them. And they could have won the game. They just needed one stop, one offensive play to get a first down a couple different times, and I think they won the game. Georgia quarterback Carson Beck is not at Jaden Daniels' level, even close. So just think that if you're going to fade Georgia, you do it the second week when they're missing their star. And Missouri's offense is legit. I mean, they finally have a quarterback, three legit playmakers at wide receiver. They've been consistent scoring 34 to 39 points the last five games here. They lost last year 26-22. They're 6-2 and against 
Georgia here the last eight games. And they're also 6-0 and against the spread as a road dog getting more than 13 points. Mm. I think Georgia wins 34-28. I like Missouri here. Okay, you like Missouri to cover. You do like the dogs to win, but Missouri to cover that 16 points, which seems like a lot in a big game like this. I think so. I mean, Georgia could, you know, they could take them out of it and they just start. If they get pressure on the quarterback, it's going to be a long, long day for Missouri. But I think Missouri's better than a lot of people think. I like it. Well, uh, we're going to talk throughout the show today on the implications of that game and this game as well. Alabama and LSU, the Crimson Tide favored uh, by a slim margin, looking at about a field goal. There are huge implications here as well. This game is always a game that really predicts the SEC West more times than it doesn't. Um, and you've got a high-powered offense on one side and a defense than Alabama. If they're playing their best, they can be some of the best. Yeah. I um, think that this is going to be a fun game. I'm a little shocked it's dropped this low. I think LSU by far has the best offense. Not even close. But I think that... Um, and I love Jaden Daniels. I think he is so accurate. I think he might end up going top ten in the draft. He's that good. I just think that Nick Saban did you did you see his press conference this week? I did. Okay. You notice anything about it? Most people I look at different things. I look at facial features. Notice anything about his face? Calm, cool, calm, and, and just and he's coming off a bye too, which I think is a big part. Yeah. I mean he's he he will be prepared. That's what I always notice. Yep. He also had a broken blood vessel in his eye. I don't know whether he got upset at someone <laughs> or he's not sleeping <laughs> that well. I think he is he's ready to go. He wants his game. I think he's sitting in on both offensive and defensive meetings and coming up with a bunch of strategy for this game along with his coordinators. So he does not want to lose two years in a row to a first-year coach that comes here from Notre Dame and is one of his rivals. The offense for Bama starting to pick up some steam here, and uh, they're 16-6 and six against the spread at home. I think LSU's downfall is going to be their defense, which has given up more than 490 yards against the top three opponents, FSU, Ole Miss, and Missouri, 45, 55, and 39 points. They lost two of the three games and should have, in my opinion, lost the third to Missouri. Roll Tide, Alabama, 38-31. Man, my listeners, man, they oh, man, they were hoping Sorry. you were going to pick LSU. I Quick know. question on that. I know we yep. don't talk a whole lot of over-unders, but yep. the total, uh, what are you seeing that as? I'm getting around 61, 61 and a half. Do you see this being a shootout or maybe a low-scoring game between LSU and Alabama? Wow. I mean, I, I, I got the score... 69, so I guess over. Okay, yeah. okay. Anything over over six points more is, is usually an over, is, is 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 a call to maybe play it. So yeah, okay. I worked it out 38-31. Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I was just yeah. I was just curious on on where you yeah. were uh, lying on that. Want to get your thoughts quickly before we let you get out of here. Of course, Auburn. Uh, all of our listeners want to know what you think about this. Auburn gets their first SEC win last week over Mississippi State. They're on the road uh, in Nashville taking on a not so good Vanderbilt team, and Auburn favored by double digits, which looks kind of weird this season. But again, playing a Vanderbilt team that's just not all that great so far what do you think about Auburn catching 12 and favored by 12 against Vanderbilt so Vanderbilt been playing a couple quarterbacks last couple weeks 
bad sign. I mean, you got to stick with one quarterback. Even if he's, you know, it's not going great, you want to try to work out of it. That's always been my thought. You know, even different cadence hurts you. Uh, Vanderbilt didn't even try. They don't even try. Like, Florida last week should have tried to trick play or something to get on top. They need to get on top and apply pressure to their opponent. Mm-hmm. But um, they're just not doing it here. I like what, what Auburn did last week. They didn't take chances. They knew that they could beat their opponent. And once they got up, played solid defense. I like the play calling here. Uh, you save some things for later on. I think they can beat Vanderbilt. What's crazy, is it true 21-21 and like two in the yep. series? 21-21 and one. Now, one, most of yeah. those Vanderbilt wins were, as somebody said on my show yesterday, was those wins were before television was created. So The 1920s? Yeah, and earlier, literally, <laughs> yeah. and earlier. Okay, yep. okay. Uh, so i, I got to take Auburn here. Sometimes you use also simple math here. And that's important. You say to yourself, you close your eyes, and you're like, okay, how many points? I've seen all these games between these two teams. How many points can Vanderbilt score? What do you think? What do you think the max is? For Vanderbilt against Auburn's defense, I mean, no more than 17, I don't think. Right. I had him for 12 and a half. So I'm going to be generous and give him 14. There you right? go. So I got the game. I got him winning this game 34-14. I'll lay the, the 12 and a half. Awesome. There you go. You yep. made up You made up for it with, with the Auburn pick against Vanderbilt. Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports at ParamountSports.com. He joins us every Friday to start the show here during On the Line on ESPN 106.7. You got a free play. Tell people about it and how they can find you and the free play. Free play is Kentucky-Mississippi State, under-the-radar game, but clear right-side winner based on the point spread. You want to get this game for free? Just call 800-400-9741. First five callers get it for free, 800-400-9741 to get Kentucky, Mississippi State on me. And we did it last week. We unveiled it. We're going to run it back. Last week we had eight plays on a Friday for not the normal price. We Normal one-day all-access pass, usually $77 to $97. I did it for $17. Wow. We are running it back again. It's only seven plays. We went 7-1 and one last week. Seven plays, hoping we go at least six and one, five and two, 17 bucks. That's like the price of two Happy Meals. $17, you're going to get a college football game tonight, four NBA plays, a hockey play, and my top UFC play for tomorrow. And my top play in the UFC is an underdog. One place. ParamountSports.com. No place to be other than ParamountSports.com with the man himself, Lee Sterling. Lee, Always great to chat with you on a Friday, man. I look forward to this. Thank you so much, and enjoy the weekend. And uh, tell your wife's friends they got to eat outside, man. Okay, well, or make it quick. (laughs) Yeah, make it quick. That's right. Appreciate you, Lee. All right, take care. That's Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports and ParamountSports.com. If you're into that type of thing, go check him out at ParamountSports.com. Call the number, uh, and he's got his free play going right now. Um, I say this every week before we get to break. I bring him on for two reasons. I bring him on in case you're into the betting side of things, and if that's you, then that's your own business. But I also bring him on because 
He does this for a living, and he's picking the biggest games in the country and the biggest games in the conference, and he tells you what he thinks. And this is literally what he does for a living. So he's a great guy, a really good friend of mine, and I really do appreciate him joining us each and every Friday here on the show. We went long. We got to get to a break. Phone lines are open for a couple of minutes. I want to hear from you on this Friday afternoon. How are you feeling? What do you want to talk about? We've got a few minutes before my weekly interview with Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante. Give me a call. Join me here on the Friday edition of On the Line. 334-321-1390. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Welcome back. We're inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio on a Friday edition of On the Line. How are we feeling out there, Auburn fans, Auburn people, Auburn uh, listeners in Auburn Opelika, or wherever you're listening at? How are we doing on a Friday, huh? I feel great. I'm exhausted, but I feel great. Uh, I did the morning show this morning uh, over on our news, on our sister station, News Talk WANI, filling in uh, for Ben Taylor. So uh, I... I was up I was up here working last night till about 9:30 then went home and had to do some things at home and went to bed around midnight and got up at 5 a.m. this morning and I have been going nonstop since then um, but I feel great man it's a gorgeous day we got Auburn football tomorrow we have great NFL games great college games like Lee Sterling was just telling us um it's just good, man. I, I'm feeling good. And so I hope you're the same way. Hope you've had a great week and a good weekend coming up. Um, we've got Auburn football to talk about today. Of course, Auburn basketball starting early next week. We'll talk about that on the show. Coming up in just a few minutes, my weekly sit-down with Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante. Great interview once again this week. Eugene has been he's been awesome. I mean, he has been one of the best players that I've had the the chance to talk to um obviously talking to him on a consistent basis but man he just he he just you can feel the passion and the love that he has for the game of football for Auburn for the people around him and and really for the opportunity to talk with us which I think is really really cool so um that'll be coming up in just a couple of minutes but Auburn Vanderbilt tomorrow Uh, we just talked with Lee about all the different SEC games going on just some massive massive games Uh, we'll pick those coming up in hour number two for the SEC football challenge as we do each and every Friday Uh, but Auburn Vanderbilt just to give you some words and, and some of my thoughts here in the last couple of minutes before we get to the bottom of the hour break this is a game for Auburn it's plain and simple man it's plain and simple Auburn has to win I mean, Auburn needs to win. Auburn should win. There is nothing, I mean nothing, in this game that should prevent Auburn from winning tomorrow. And really, winning convincingly. I don't care that it's on the road. I don't. I don't care that it'll be a weird stadium and weird atmosphere. You're probably going to have a third or maybe even half of the stadium cheering and wearing orange and blue. And I know it's. It, I know Hugh Freeze said this game makes him nervous, and it is a game where it's easy to overlook it and underprepare as a player or a position group because of what a because of what Vanderbilt is and the narrative around a Vanderbilt football team and a football program, but also when you look at their record, right, and you look at what has happened this year, and if you don't 
watch the games or haven't watched their games, then you're like, okay, well, they're, they're just not any good. Their record may say that, but I do think Vanderbilt is a halfway decent team. And I know that's not a, a great way to put that, but they have competed in some of their games this year and in most of their games this year, even if the score doesn't necessarily say so. Auburn can't mess around tomorrow, but there is no reason for Auburn to let Vanderbilt hang around in this game, to not be able to score in this game, to not be able to stop Vanderbilt in this game. And you're favored by double digits, which again, I know is weird, but it's Vanderbilt, man. And Auburn looked really good last week, for the most part. There's no excuse to lose tomorrow if you're Auburn. I'm I'm just letting you know right now and I think you all feel the same way because this time on Monday if Auburn loses you won't hear me speak a word I'm just going to open the phone lines on Monday and let you all go absolutely crazy on the air when we come back my conversation with Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante recapping the Mississippi State game and previewing the Vanderbilt game coming up tomorrow stay tuned you do not want to miss it With Jacob Goins on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. We're halfway through hour number one here on the Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins with you inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio. Well, earlier this week, I sat down with Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante for our weekly Tiger Take segment. This airs originally on The Drive at 5.30 on Wednesdays here on ESPN 106.7, but I always like to play it for you on Fridays at 2.30 on my show because... Uh, again, Eugene is—he's a really, really class act. He's a really good dude, and I just really enjoy talking with him. And, and it's—it's it's not even like an interview. I mean, it's just a conversation. And he is such a great representative of Auburn. And he previews the Vanderbilt game coming up this weekend and gives a really, really good recap and look inside of the win against Mississippi State. This is Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante. Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7 as I sit down every single week with Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante. Eugene, great to hear from you once again, man. And uh, for the first time in the last couple of weeks, we get to sit down and talk about an Auburn football win, man. I know that has to feel good for you, uh, and I know it felt good for this football team on Saturday. Yeah, it was a great feeling, you know, going back out there and, um, you know, playing – trying to play our style of football and getting everything clicking, seeing everything on, on everybody being on the same page. It was a great feeling. And uh, ultimately we were, you know, striving and, and we were thirsty for that uh, victory and we were able to get it. So, you know, I'm, I'm extremely grateful to get back on the win column. So it was a big thing for us. Well, we've been talking in the last couple of weeks through uh, what was a, a tough stretch for this team when you played, you know, Texas A&M and Georgia and Ole Miss and LSU, right? Those are tough teams. And Mississippi State is is a tough team as well. We were talking how it was all going to come together at some point, right? I just felt like everybody that covers this team and covers you guys, we knew that it was all going to come together. And I think you guys knew that it was going to come together. What was it on Saturday that finally let this team break through and get your first SEC win? 
Yeah, I think the biggest thing was just getting the confidence uh, across the board. You know, everybody being confident within the game plan, everybody understanding and taking a deep breath and, and just, you know, having that, you know, just everybody, we understand what the season has brought and what the adversity we, we've dealt with, but we understand that we just have to, you know, breathe and understand that, you know, we have to play our style of football, um, be confident within the game plan, you know, go out there and not try to, you know, do too much. Um, everybody doing their 111 and uh, playing our style of football. And that, I think that that's what, you know, brought us the win on Saturday. Well, man, you were flying around once again as Auburn beats Mississippi State 27-13. to 13. You led the defense in total tackles with 10. Eight of those were solo. Um, you just continued to be uh, one of the, the leaders on this defense, man. And, again, it just looks like you're having so much fun every time you get on the field. Yeah, uh, and I continue to say I'm, I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be on the field. Um, that's something I didn't get the opportunity last year, so I take – I take great pride in being on the field. I, I want to go out there and put my um, put my best foot forward um, every single Saturday, and I understand how 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 many people are invested in you know us playing well, and you know the fans are invested. So I just want to go out there and put my best performance on every single Saturday. So um, it's just it was a great feeling being out there and making tackles, and um, you know just getting to the quarterback. It was a great feeling. So going to continue to try to keep up on that track, and and hopefully for the rest of the season. Well, I've been saying all season long, Eugene, that this Auburn defense has been doing their job, and you did your job again on Saturday, holding Mississippi State to three total points in the first half, 13 total points in the game, and with a backup quarterback that, uh, I mean, I'm sure we, you know, we didn't fully know who was going to be playing at quarterback going into this game. I think that's a a huge testament to preparation and and really to uh, to the to the level of dedication that you and this entire defense have on on just focusing on playing at the highest level. And man, you guys did it again, holding Mississippi State to just thirteen points and getting another interception on Saturday. As you guys are one of the best defenses in the country at getting interceptions. Yeah, you know, that's something we continue to make a point of emphasis, you know, uh, taking away the football, uh, whether it's through picks, whether it's through uh, fumbles, whether it's, you know, any type of way to cause havoc. That's one thing we have emphasized defense. Um, So, you know, Zion Puckett back-to-back weeks of making uh, interceptions, which is a really big thing for us uh, that we're going to continue to try to emphasize. Uh, Zion, somebody in the secondary that we really rely on in terms of communication. He He plays the game the right way. He's physical. Uh, he flies around the football field, so you know, just seeing him, all the everything coming to fruition for him, man, is a big thing for me. And I, you know, his 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 journey and his story truly inspires me. You know, so um, we're grateful to you know for the guys in the back end taking care of business, uh, Simpson as well, uh, DJ James, Mighty, continuing to hold us down in the back end. So, man, it's going to be an exciting thing because we see we see all it coming to fruition. We see everything coming together within the, you know, the front, the middle, and the back. So, and on top of that, you know, the offense went out there and played a really good game, you know, getting everything started and, and you know, just building that confidence within themselves to let them know that, you know, they can continue to, to be a success. They can be a successful group in this in this SEC that we play in. So, um, it's a great thing. Saturday was a great thing for us. 
yeah, well, you bring up the offense, and that's where I wanted to go next in uh, the offense playing their best offensive performance in a Power 5 game so far this year. And, you know, it seems like, you know, at times they have struggled to to kind of get a little momentum going and put some points on the board, but they did on Saturday. They did early and often in that first half. And how does that really help you in this defense when you come out on the field and you can look at the scoreboard and and your team has a significant lead? How does that help you just from a defensive mindset? Oh, it just gives us a sigh of relief. You know, we, we understand we still have to go out there and stop them, but it just gives you a sigh of relief that, hey, um, they have our back. Um, you know, they're going to continue to, uh, you know, they're going to put their best foot forward. So we can play a little freely. You know, we can play more free. We can, um, you know, instead of uh, trying to go out there and maybe somebody may try to, you know, play hero ball, force a fumble, and they might miss a tackle or something. Uh, instead of that, it's just, you know, playing our, playing our, uh, our game, which is, you know, getting them to third down. Uh, get into our third down pressures and get into our different looks we have in third down and then trying to get after the quarterback. So it was, uh, it's a great thing to see them click. Uh, it's a great thing just to even watch and experience, you know, running the ball effectively, throwing the ball, um, just having success through the air and all that type of stuff is a great thing to just see. And um, I, I hope the Auburn fans enjoyed it and it's going to continue to be that way. Man, we got to get, uh, I got to ask, we have to get a inside the locker room, Eugene Asante point of view on this, on the winning celebration after Auburn gets their first SEC win, first win in, in the last couple of weeks. We know it was a tough stretch for you and this team, but you get back in the win column, you're back on it and kind of in a groove right now. What was that winning uh, celebration like? Give us a, a little inside scoop on what that winning celebration was like for you and this team, man. Uh, it was a great thing. You know, the guys were extremely excited as soon as we got into the locker room. And, you know, they cut on the music. You know, Coach Freeze was talking. And, and in the middle of talking, the music just started cutting on. And it was just an exciting thing because, you know, the music was blaring. And he he didn't try to get them to cut off the music. He, everybody was just jumping up in excitement. And then Coach Freeze started dancing a little bit, too. <laughs> so it was a great thing. It was a great thing seeing Coach Freeze dance and just enjoying himself and, you know, Everybody was there, the coaches there, and the families were there. So just an exciting thing to see the atmosphere and everybody just into it. So, you know, we're going to continue to try to uh, create those moments for our team. And uh, it was one of the, you know, one of my best moments and better being here at Auburn. So just seeing that was a great experience for me. It was a big win for Auburn as they take down Mississippi State 27-13 to on Saturday. Talking with Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante here on ESPN 106.7. As we flip the page and look ahead to this weekend, you guys back on the road after a couple of home games in Nashville taking on Vanderbilt, um, a team that has struggled to say the least this season and trying to get some wins themselves. Um, what is the message and the mindset going into this game in a stadium that is going to have around 26, 27,000 people this weekend? Oh uh, yeah. The biggest thing is, you know, we don't underestimate them at all. They're extremely, uh, they're a extremely good team. Um, we understand what they bring to the table. Um, no, that we talk about how the, the, the school, their record does not reflect who they are. Mm -hmm. We understand how good of a team they are. So we're not underestimating them. We want to go in there and you know, play our style of football. So, you know, the biggest thing for us this week has been uh, BYOJ, uh, bring your own juice, you know, bring your own intensity, bring your own energy to the game. And, you know, don't, you don't have to, uh, nobody, you're not going to have the environment in Jordan Hare, but we're going to, we're going to understand that 
uh, we have to play our style of football and bring our own energy and intensity. So the biggest thing is uh, just creating that environment within practice, understanding that uh, we have to create an environment. We can we have to create havoc um, with the, amongst ourselves. Like we have to uh, set the standard in practice and just play that style with, the, with that effort and that intensity every single play in practice, and then bring it to you know Vanderbilt, you know, and ultimately. They got a really good. They got a really good quarterback. We don't know what we're going to see in terms of the quarterback, so we're you know preparing for, you know both guys. Uh, you know they got a great running back, and they got a number six who's a dynamic uh, receiver for them. So we just you know continue to look at the scouting report and uh, um, you know continue to break down what they do to bring to the table and um, overall just you know prepare for them. Yeah, this is like multiple, multiple times this season that defensively going into a game, you guys are having to prepare for multiple quarterbacks due to injury. And I know we we hate to see guys be hurt and, and not being able to play, but man, that's just that has to be so difficult on multiple, multiple games this season, not truly knowing which quarterback you're going to see on Saturday. Yeah, it's a, it's a new thing for me. I don't think this much at all in my college career I've seen. Uh, systems where it's been you don't know what type of guy you're going to get but I think the biggest thing now is like I, since we had so much experience with it we're kind of uh, it's kind of familiar territory for us and we're just going to continue to you know go off go off based on what we see on film and prepare for each quarterback style of play and as you you mentioned earlier and just a second ago bring your own juice who came up with that I love that man on this defense who came up with that um, you know, the coaches actually, I'll probably say, I'll, I'll give it to the coaches. I'll, I'll credit the coaches on that. Okay. Um, they, you know, they talk about bringing your own juice and stuff. Um, and you know, um, they were talking to me yesterday during practice and they're like, yo, we have to create an environment, uh, within practice that that's conducive to like how we'll be in the game. You know, um, we understand, uh, that we have to bring our own juice to this game and we have to be excited. We have to bring our own energy and intensity. So they said it to me and, uh, and they said, B-Y-O-J. And then I was like, uh, and then I just started yelling it throughout practice yesterday. So I, I want to continue to emphasize that this week, you know, B-Y-O-J, bring your own juice. And that's, that's really our theme defensively this week. And uh, we're going to continue to grow upon it. It seems like once you get a phrase, man, you're just going to scream it through the rooftops and, until everybody catches on and, and starts screaming it to you. had let's work to start now, and now you've got BYOJ, man. You're on a roll this season. I love it. And, and I think all of that translates on the field on Saturdays, and that's where the phrase practice like you play comes from. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, you know, um, it's kind of that, you know, just embracing that role, bringing the energy, bringing the enthusiasm. And, you know, I don't shy down, shy away from it. I embrace that role, um, being in that role. So, it's, you know, it's a big thing for me, um, just, you know, bringing it every single day in practice. And uh, that's going to be the emphasis today in practice is, you know, bringing in and creating an environment that's conducive to the game. So, um, yeah, we're so super excited. We're super excited for uh, Saturday. Well, now that this team is back in the win column, you got a little momentum into a easier part of the schedule and I know you guys don't overlook anybody but just looking at the records of the teams you're about to be facing over the next few weeks there are some opportunities for Auburn football to get some momentum back and and really turn this season around and make it to what could be a really really good year in year one under Hugh Freeze how does this team stay focused and try to pick up some wins before you get down to the Iron Bowl at the end of the year 
I think the biggest thing is understanding and um, first off, first and foremost, understanding that uh, every day is a process. We, we treat every day as process-driven, with process-driven people. So we have to understand that we have we practice like we play, and I really do truly believe that um, if you make a mistake in practice and you, you know you're not critical of yourself and you don't fix that, um, it's, this is the same type of mistakes you're going to make in the game. So I think the biggest thing is being process-oriented, uh, focusing on each day at hand, and uh, once you get to the that Thursday and Friday point, it's just fine-tuning your mistakes, understanding your opponent, and then on Saturdays it's really letting it rip. You know, so I just, you know, the biggest thing is emphasizing that to the guys, you know, that within practice, make it difficult for yourself. Make it as difficult as possible. So when you go out there, uh, the environment, the atmosphere, uh, the crowd, whatever the circumstances may be, aren't to, aren't, they don't affect you. You know, so you're just out there playing freely. So we're just trying to build that, continue to grow up on that. My coaches do a great job in, in um, allowing us to understand that and, and build upon it. And once the game comes, it's fun. We're just flying around and having fun. Well, Auburn is on the road this Saturday in Nashville, taking on Vanderbilt, trying to get yet another SEC win, coming off of the win against Mississippi State. Auburn playing well on both sides of the football and especially on the defensive side. As we're talking with Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante, as always, we appreciate him and his time joining us here on ESPN 106.7 for Tiger Takes. That is Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante. Again, I sit down with him every single week. How can you not be impressed with this guy? I mean, he's just, he's such a joy to talk to and to listen to. And you can tell he just loves football, man. He just loves life, loves his program. And I hope that you, the listener, whether you're listening to this on the drive on Wednesdays at 5.30 or here on my show on Fridays in the afternoon, I mean, this guy is just, he is what Auburn football is. And I hope you enjoy listening to him. I enjoy getting the opportunity to talk with him, and we do appreciate his time. And good luck to him and the entire Auburn football team as they travel to Nashville this weekend. We'll come back and wrap up hour number one. Give me a call. I want to hear from you on a Friday afternoon. And coming up, Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett joins me for hour number two. We'll make our picks around the SEC and give you our thoughts, comments, and predictions for Auburn and Vanderbilt. We'll be right back and wrap up hour number one on the other side. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up hour number one here on the Friday edition of On the Line. I'm Jacob Goins with you in the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge studio. Got just a couple of minutes before uh, the music bumps us out of here. We get into hour number two. It's been a great first hour. It's flown by. I don't know where in the world it went. Um, We have... Our high school coverage for tonight, our our high school football coverage uh, between Auburn High School and Lee Scott. I'll start with Lee Scott, A, because it's the team that I call for, and B, uh, because they don't have a game tonight. They're actually on a bye, uh, a first-round playoff bye, with being a top-two seed in the AISA. And so uh, the first-round games were last night, and Lee Scott is the two-seed, Glenwood being the one-seed, and uh, Lee Scott will be hosting the Fort Dale Eagles next week over at Judd Scott Field on the campus of Lee Scott Academy. So that'll be next Thursday night for the second round, the semifinals of the AISA Class 3A state playoffs. And so if you win that, 
You move on to the state championship game in Montgomery, and Glenwood will be taking on Altaga, a very talented 8-3 and three Altaga team. So uh, watch out if you're the Glenwood Gators. And again, that'll be the semis. So Lee Scott off this week, first-round playoff bye. They'll be hosting the semifinals next week on Thursday there at home. Auburn High School is on the road tonight for their final regular season game. They are on the road at Smith Station, taking on the Panthers. Tigers and Panthers tonight over in Smith Station. Uh, Auburn High, we talked to head coach Keith Etheridge yesterday, and uh, there's a lot at stake in this game tonight where Auburn High, it's such a weird thing because initially you don't gain a whole lot from winning the game, but if you lose, you are guaranteed to be a four seed. But if you win... You can be anywhere between a two and a four seed. So if you win, you don't get your seed solidified yet if you're Auburn High. But if you lose, you do get your seed solidified near the bottom. So Auburn High has got to go down and see if they can take care of a one-win Smith Station team. Um, I, I have a lot of confidence in that, but you got to show up and play in 7A football. So that broadcast will begin tonight over on Wings 94.3, which is 94.3 on your radio dial and wingsfm.com. Scott Bagwell, Rob Pate, and Jack Hutton on the Auburn High School Sports Network. They will go live at 6.30 for pregame, and then kickoff is at 7 between the Tigers and the Panthers, Auburn High, and Smith Station. And then their playoffs begin next week. And Auburn still, uh, again, they don't know who they're playing. They don't know where they're playing. But they will be in, and they need to go down and beat Smith Station tonight, and I think they do. So be sure you check that out tonight. And then, of course, tomorrow on Wings, you've got game day on Wings 94.3 with Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett and Jumpin' Jack Hutton. And then the Auburn football game against Vanderbilt. You've got the Tiger Tailgate Show, countdown to kickoff, and then kickoff between Auburn and Vanderbilt with the Auburn Sports Network. All the coverage tomorrow begins at 11 a.m. over on Wings 94.3 here locally in Auburn, Opelika. Speaking of that, we're going to talk about that game coming up in hour number two. Plus, we'll make our picks for the biggest games in the SEC. Uncle T-Bone joins me coming up in hour number two on the Friday edition of On the Line. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Friday, everybody. Hope you're doing well as we get underway 
here in hour number two on the Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins with you inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio. Be sure you go and check them out with happy hour between four and six each weekday. You can also uh, go and check them out on the weekends. They've got tons of TV, tons of deals, tons of drink specials, great food. Uh, They've got the Plaza Patio. I mean, especially it's not just a place for home game weekends. It's a place for road game weekends. Go and chill all day long over there at 800 Main Street in Midtown just off of Opelika Road. Go check them out. They are our studio sponsor between 2 and 4 p.m. each and every day here on ESPN 106.7. If you missed any of our number one, we started the show with Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports and ParamountSports.com. Gave you his picks for some of the biggest games in the SEC. He's got a chance for you to get a free play pick through him and go check them out, man. They are doing it better than anybody when it comes to picking games uh, for all sports and even UFC, which I think is really, really cool. So go check him out. Also had my weekly Eugene Asante interview, the Auburn linebacker, who I just can't say enough nice words about, and he's just an awesome interview each and every week. So that was all in our number one. You can find that in the podcast later on today, commercial free, wherever you get your podcast, or go to ESPNAU.com, our station website, which is where you can also find our SEC football challenge, which we will be making our picks on once again coming up in just a few minutes. But It's hour number two. It's a Friday, which means Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett is in the studio. It's great to have you here, man. It's great to see you again. Welcome back to the studio. And, uh, I mean, we've got – it's going to be a long but a great, great weekend of football. Jacob, it's uh, so glad to be back in studio here at 106.7 ESPN Radio. We had a great time Saturday. Yes, we did. On game day on Wings. That was awesome. Yeah, it has uh, been a heck of a week. Thank you so much to Sensagreen Heating and Air for allowing me to be in here every Friday from 3 to 4 with Jacob at On The Line. Check them out at www.sensagreen.com or give them a call at 334-704-3274. That's Sensagreen Heating and Air. For air that's cool and clean, you better call Sensagreen. Well, we appreciate them sponsoring this hour all football season long on Friday afternoons and We're going to make our picks coming up in just a second, but just initial thoughts, Auburn and Vanderbilt, we saw them get their first SEC win, Auburn that is, uh, last weekend against Mississippi State. It was great to see, it was much needed, and now they have a chance, Uncle T-Bone, to build a little momentum, get some optimism, some positivity maybe in the SEC with a much easier slate of games over the next few weeks. There have been several questions that both you and I and several of the fans uh, who listen to the show and around the area have had about Auburn football all year that that we needed answered, right? It was uh, who's going to step up as a playmaker on the outside? Will Jarquez Hunter con- finally start playing to the potential that we thought we would preseason? Which he has. Oh, no question. Um, you know, would we finally start stop with this uh, incessant quarterback rotation right and and those most of the questions have been on the offensive side of the ball for Auburn mm-hmm. the defense and Eugene Asante I listened to his interview with you just a great kid I love him man. I mean he's just uh, he's awesome, awesome. I, he's got we got to get him in here live I would love at, that. you know once I the season ends okay, yeah. I gotta meet this kid he's, he's just he's awesome. great man uh, but the defense has done just about everything it could do all year minus uh, the second half of LSU keeping Auburn in football games they just it just took some time for this offense 
offensive line to jail. I think last week was enough was enough weekend mm-hmm. a week, right? You know, we're going to go with one quarterback. We're going to start running and implementing our full offense, and people are going to start making plays or else. And, and that's what we saw. You saw a sense of urgency from Auburn Saturday that I don't know I've seen since the Georgia game inside Jordan-Hare Stadium. Okay. Maybe a little bit in the Ole Miss first half. They were playing with some confidence, yeah. man. And, they you know, I think they finally turned it over to Peyton Thorne and said, you're our quarterback. You don't have to worry about winning anybody over here anymore. We know you're new. Let's go, man. And yep. and, and, and what I think people have lost a little bit of, of, of you know, thoughts about – going into the season is this team's only been together truly since summer practice started the offensive line is continuing to gel you know even with the moving pieces there and injuries that they've dealt with all season no question and and Auburn has run the ball very well at times a lot of it's been uh, uh this season a lot of it's been quarterback running there's been some passes that were missed that could have been hit like uh, a throw in the Texas A&M game to someone out of the backfield that this wet past week Timing-wise, they hit mm-hmm. in a deep ball, which was two beautifully thrown passes. One, the deep ball to Javarius Johnson, and then the, the throw to Jeremiah Cobb. Oh, over I the mean, shoulder. Just, it was so pretty. That was pro-like. Yes, it I was. I mean, the touch on it and the perfect place to put it. A and great route. he caught the ball. And he caught the ball. I got to see more of Jeremiah Cobb also moving forward. We need to get him in. Let's just get them all in studio, right? I'm, I'm fired up. It was One a at big a time, win. man. Get him in we, here. We needed that. Auburn fans needed that. Coach Freeze needed that. The players needed that. That was a confident builder right there. I had to talk a couple people off the ledge after the game who oh, were a little no. disappointed with the offense in oh, the second no. half. And I'm like, look, hey, man, all of those things that I just said right here on the air, I said to them, this program still is in no position, shape, form, or fashion to judge a win against a Power 5 team. You're absolutely right. We will get right. there. Yep. We will get there. So don't pick it apart. Enjoy mm-hmm. it. I went down to Tumors. It's been a long time since I've been down there. And I hope yeah. to go down there again this Saturday. I think the game against Vanderbilt could be a lot like Mississippi State. We'll have some more thoughts on that a little bit later in the show. But those teams really kind of mirror each other, what I've been looking at. Struggling uh, quarterback situation. Uh, Mississippi State, luckily, we dodged their tailback. I don't think Bandy runs the ball very well. They don't have a lot of playmakers on the outside. Mississippi State's defense. Defense is better than Vanderbilt. So, you know, look, Auburn's also in no shape, form, or fashion to overlook anybody you the rest of the season, it. including New Mexico State. I don't think our coaches and players are going to do that. I don't want the fans to do that. And we just need to take it one week at a time and take back one program at a time that we're better than. We're better than Mississippi State as a program. We're better than Vanderbilt as a program. And if we get past that, we'll be better than Arkansas as a program. Yes, you're absolutely right. And I want to get to the full lines really quickly before uh, we start making some picks. 334-321-1390. You're on the line. Who am I speaking with? Hey, this is Daniel. Hey, Daniel. How are you, man? Hey, good to hear from you all. Um, hey, I had two quick questions for you guys. Okay. Um, one, what's one way we can hear the show on archive? And then number two, um, do we actually think Michigan will be penalized in the next half decade? Thanks, guys. Yeah, man. Appreciate the call, Daniel. Um, So if you're talking about my show, which I would assume, you can find all of the episodes posted as a podcast uh, commercial-free two ways. 
ESPNAU.com. It's our station website. Or if you just search on the line wherever you get your podcast, I recommend either Spotify or Apple. That's the main two that most people use. Um, I post it every day, commercial-free, 10 or 15 minutes after the show, as soon as I can get out of the studio, handle some things, and get it up and posted. Um, Michaela, who's here a lot of times, our show producer and intern, she posts it as well. So you can always find it, ESPNAU.com, or just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. So I appreciate you asking that question, Daniel. Um, your other question about Michigan, we haven't talked about it a ton since it – I don't want to say it doesn't relate to Auburn or the SEC, but – it doesn't a whole lot. It is a massive story in college football, and and I do want to dive into this just a hair because sure. Uncle T-Bone, it, yeah. every day it gets dirtier <laughs> and dirtier and murkier and whatever adjective you want to put in there. What a crazy situation this is with Harbaugh and Michigan. And you and I just keep talking off air. It's like, man, I mean, Michigan may be – they may have got them this time. I mean, the NCAA, it may, it may take them 10 years, Daniel. That may be the problem, but they may have Michigan caught this time. Well, when this story broke, that first week, I was on air with you, and, and you asked me, do you think Michigan's in trouble? And it was just kind of starting to – really break and a lot of not the details even close that are out now but some of them were and I just just had a bad feeling about Michigan for this one because this is such an abnormal yes type of accusation something we're not you normally it's like oh well yeah they you know so and so's uncle got fifty thousand dollars <laughs> and or, or there was some type of a Dodge Charger involved or you know this is an abnormal this is something out of all the years of my college football and watching it go Going back to when Bo went over the top in 1982. I've never seen anything like this, Jacob. This is just weird. And that's probably, you know, and it's an indicative of uh, Jim Harbaugh because I think he's weird. And I said it then, I'm going to say it now. They're busted. They got them. Mm. And it's just a matter of time. But I don't know how much time that's going to take. You know, there are some teams in the SEC that are definitely watching this one one across it. the state in Tuscaloosa praying and hoping and wishing if they can win out that possibly Michigan could get thrown out and they might backdoor their way into the final four so it does relate to all of us a little bit more you know it is in the big big it is in conf, not in our conference it's in the big 10 i think though the first step daniel in michigan getting any kind of real discipline here and getting any kind of trouble starts in the conference. It does not start yeah. with the NCAA. The NCAA has been on campus, they said. They said that last Saturday. They've been doing some investigations. But you know that's going to take some time. It's going to take the Big Ten commissioner saying, all right, I've heard everything you've had to say from all the sister programs in the conference that are really upset, including Michigan State. Okay, we've heard what you said. We're going to go ahead and we're going to suspend Michigan and they're not going to be allowed to play postseason this year as an investigation goes on. I don't think that happens, but that's what it's going to take. Have you seen – this is – I don't think this is like officially reported. It's a bunch of rumors flying around, but there, it's, it's a hot enough rumor, Uncle T-Bone, that articles are being written about it where they're saying that Michigan football – this was today – that Michigan football has proof that Ohio State – and head coach Ryan Day and his family were the ones that leaked the sign-stealing scandal. Again, this is rumor. This is just stuff flying around on social media. There are articles about it, but I don't think this is heartbreaking. don't run with this and record me and send this anywhere type of evidence. But 
Would that not shock you? I mean, if it was Ohio State at the very core that they were like, holy holy smokes, we caught them. Let's turn them in. And I've seen people arguing this too. Who cares? Who cares right. if Ohio State turned them in? If they're cheating and it's your biggest rival, yeah, i turn them in too. Absolutely. But I think, it, it again, every day something else comes out about this where you're just you just scratch your head and you're like, oh my gosh. Like, it just continues to get worse when you never thought it could – and it seems like every day it just takes another step further and you just keep falling deeper and deeper into the hole if you're Jim Harbaugh in Michigan. Yeah, this uh, th- this story really, for me, just went on steroids with the whole Central Michigan yes. University aspect yes. to it. That, that you're peeling back layers of onion. And, and there's Jim McElwain, who used to be on and, – and I didn't put two and two together. At first I thought, like, this guy had a lot of courage. He dressed up as a CMU analyst <laughs> – Okay, and 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 he snuck down there and just stood there by the coaches and no, I mean, what kind of courage would that take? And then I was listening to uh, uh, our man Doug Amos on one hundred six point seven during the afternoons during uh, at lunch, and I was like, hold on now, he said it. The McElwain uh, tangent to this is that Jim McElwain has a lot of connections to the Michigan staff and probably was uh, the invited the Stallions guy to be and just you know you dress up over here and you just stand like a coach and you do your thing and no you know one's that is just unbelievable to me I know who it, would do that who would be that ignorant to do that and think okay I don't care if it was uh Sammy the Bull turned you in okay um you you <laughs> you deserve to be turned in by somebody if that part if that if that is true and they and they they absolutely help Michigan there. I agree. And and here's the thing before we get to break. To me what this screams if all of this is comes out to be 100% true that Michigan was sign stealing, cheating and again, I know we we've seen all the stuff come out about it, but until we've just got 100% hard evidence and they are and they are punished for those crimes, right? Because we all know you, you're you're innocent until proven guilty and everything. Should be. You should be. What this screams to me with Jim Harbaugh in Michigan is you are so you have such a lack of confidence in your own team, in your own program, and you're so scared that you're gonna lose. And you have so little faith in your own coaching, in your own program that you can't be successful at the highest level, that you're having to go out and do this to get any sort of advantage, fair or unfair, legal or illegal, following the rules or not. I mean, that's what this screams to me when you have to go out of your way to get an unfair advantage. And I'm not just talking this. I'm talking Deflategate with the Patriots. I'm talking anything you've ever seen when it comes to cheating in sports that gives you a competitive advantage especially at this level when it's college and above, it just screams to me that you are so (laughs) lack of confidence in your program and you're so scared of losing that you have to go out and try to find an illegal way to get an advantage against your opponents. Unbelievable. You know, I don't think it's just about the competition, though. Jacob, you're talking about coaches who are making millions upon millions yes. of dollars. Yes, for a For a hot second there, Jim Harbaugh was on the hot seat. People lose sight of that because Michigan's been so successful over the last couple of years and so good. So, you know, he was like, I'm going to do whatever it takes possibly to keep my multi-million dollar job and gig going until Very true. I go to the NFL. And I think you saw a little bit of that this week, too, from the 
Clemson head coach and Dabo Sweeney and his comments. Man. And we don't have time to get into all of that, obviously. I but, don't even think I've mentioned that on but, the air but, this week. But, you know, you got, you got guys making $10, $12, 15000000 million a year from now on moving forward. You don't think that they're going to take a shot at something that they don't think they're going to get caught on or fire down on someone who's a threat to them for them to lose that gig? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about millions upon millions of dollars, yeah. bro, and, 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 and especially the athletic department, too, because the more Michigan wins in football, the more money that's coming in for that athletic department, the more they can put out to all the other programs. You know, at first this probably starts out kind of small, then they have some success, and you're like, okay, well, let's keep this rolling. I think this says two more things. Or I think it shows two things. I think it shows that coaches – and players and administrators in college, professional, and even high school. We've seen a ton of stuff happen in the high school levels as well. Exactly. It shows the spotlight that they are in and the microscope that they are under right now with everything that we see in today's society at the tail end of 2023. The microscope that these people are under and the constant coverage and the constant spotlight and constant questioning of what they do, right? That's one. The other one, I think when you bring up Dabo Sweeney and what his comments have been this week and some of these coaches that are popping off a little bit, it shows the stress that they're under right now. Big this time. is the hardest time to ever be a college football coach, and I think you're seeing that right now with coaches like Jim Harbaugh and coaches like Dabo Sweeney, and I think you've seen that from Nick Saban in the past as well. 334-321-1390. we got to get to a break. We'll get to the phone lines, and we'll also make some picks around the SEC when we come back here on ESPN 106.7. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app. Well, let's get to the phone lines really quickly here on the Friday edition of On the Line, 334-321-1390. Terry, you're on the line, man. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, Jacob. T-Bone, how y'all doing? We're doing great, man. What's on your mind? I heard y'all talking a little bit about the Alabama and LSU game tomorrow. Yeah. Look, I want Alabama to win. I want them to come in here with one loss so Auburn can hand it to them. <laughs> Smoking so, like a true and Auburn ruin, fan. Ruin that, ruin that, you know, ruin that. I, I just can't get over the fact that a few years ago they won the national championship but lost to Auburn. I just can't. I can't seem to swallow that. Yeah, that's 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 a tough that's a tough day to be an Auburn fan. In yeah, that I never in my life would have bet that it Alabama lost to Auburn or Auburn lost to Alabama that either team would have made it to a national championship game. I just said, no, no not happening. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't win their conference or Western Division. Yeah, they've done that twice, not winning the uh, division in 2011 in the uh, so-called game of the century against LSU, and then in 17 when we took them down and beat them down bad here. That score was mm-hmm. not indicative of that beatdown. I, I just, like I said, I want them to come. They, they're starting to believe, and, and they just haven't been shown yet. Now, I'm trying to figure out what everybody says. Well, I've got the advantage at home. Since when is that advantage? Texas didn't think it was much of an advantage. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm with you on that. That was a confident Texas team that came into uh, Bryant-Denny and took care of business, and I think this is a confident LSU team also. I I think that that game's going to be a war tomorrow and a wild shootout. You know, Jaden Daniels, in my opinion, is the better quarterback, and he's probably the best offensive player on on the field, so advantage LSU there. But Alabama's playing good football, although they did struggle a little bit at home against Arkansas. Well, here's the thing, and, and over to Harbaugh a little bit real quickly. Uh, I think he covers the Chicago Bears job, and I think it's the job he's going to end up with, quite honestly. He's going to give Michigan a big middle finger and walk away. 
no matter what happens. Well, this is what always happens, Terry. This is what always happens when there's some type of issue. It's the it's the players two to three years down the road. It's the fans two to three years down the road. The administrators, the new coaches, they're the ones that pay the penalty. That's mm-hmm. the big rub for me with the NCAA, right? And even if you're found not to be guilty, like Auburn with Cam Newton, we suffered for two years with that. Yeah, and that, that's that's why I've told people in Talladega where I used to live that just went on about the Cam Newton thing in 2010. I said, well, they go on and about this, about Michigan. I said, nothing's going to happen. Just like there was look, nothing to that 2010 crap either. Look, it didn't take a national championship away from Auburn, and it should not have. But you know what it did for two years? It hurt our recruiting and it hurt our program. So we did pay, pay a penalty for it. But it also made us put up with the second worst first coach Auburn ever had. Now, who is that? Gene Chizik. I now, know I know he's got a national that. title, but the, the, the bottom line is look at his overall record and we'll, we'll and, 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 and discuss it. Hmm. Who would you say the worst coach we've ever had was then? Brian Harson. <laughs> I knew that. I, I knew that was coming. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree <laughs> with you on that one. I don't know about Chiswick. Thanks for the call, Terry. Yeah. Appreciate it, guys. So let's get to the phone lines once again, 334-321-1390, and it's a good friend of Uncle Tebow. K-Bag, you're on the line, man. you got a couple minutes. What's up? How are you doing, fellas? It's a great Friday to be on the plains, let me tell you. Yeah, it's a beautiful day out there, K-Bag. How you been this week? Been doing good. Been, didn't travel too much this week. Got uh, Been down to the local establishments downtown. It's been a little quiet today, but you know what? That's not uncommon for a Vanderdonk weekend. Hey, <laughs> Vanderdonk, I like that. K-Bag, you need to get over there to the uh, Plaza Bar. That's the official sponsor here at uh on the line and get on that plaza patio while it's still nice uh nice enough weather to do it if you're going to hit the local establishments yeah the plaza bar does a great job they got wonderful food got wonderful cocktails there but it's just a little bit too far uh, on the other side of town for me on a friday but you know what i got high expectations for the tigers rolling into the weekend in nashville uh-oh got uh gonna be gonna be a very friendly crowd for the tigers this weekend with the construction going on down there and uh, just looking for a uh, just a good solid little tune-up before we have to roll up into Fayetteville, which has historically been a dadgum graveyard for the Tigers there up in Fayetteville over there in Arkansas. That's always been a tough place to play. And, uh, you know, that's where we're really going to find out what we got rolling into the Iron Bowl. So I'm looking forward to this little tune-up this weekend. Yeah, man, it should be a good game. And look, Auburn should have all the confidence in the world from a team standpoint. And I think the fans, just like UK Bag, I think they should be confident as well. Um, coming off the game last week and going into a Vanderbilt team that look, they're just they're not playing very well, and they need some wins. And and Auburn and Auburn fans should feel very confident going into tomorrow. I tell you what, I am so proud of Hugh Freeze finally putting his foot down and actually. I don't want to sit here and say that he acted like the head coach that we always knew he was, but you know what? Oh, he freeze put his foot down last weekend and said, this is the Auburn football team that I'm going to put on the field with the offense that I'm going to coach, and I, I'm, I'm tired of listening to what everybody tells me that they think we should do. And Hugh Freeze stepped forward and said, this is what we're going to do. And it really showed on the field and really produced. Yeah, K-Bag, I'm with you. Real quick, you want to put a uh, score in for tomorrow? 
33 to 10, Auburn Tigers. We appreciate you calling in, K-Bag. Having a lot of callers in. I think people are excited. They want to talk. It. You know, I heard you earlier say if it all goes down and goes down bad that you're just going to open up the phones next Monday. Absolutely. I, I don't anticipate that, man. I just, uh, you know, this is the type game that Auburn – uh, I should win, should always win. I don't think this will probably be the last year under Hugh Freeze that we'll be quote-unquote scared or this will be a scary game of Vanderbilt. I know what he's saying there, but across the board, across the board, Auburn's still got more talent than Vanderbilt. Yeah, oh, yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, I think Auburn has more talent, better coaches, better coaching. And as I said, this should not be a game – where Auburn takes a step back. This should not be a game where Auburn steps back into what they were. There is nothing that Vanderbilt will do tomorrow that should limit Auburn from winning this game by double digits. I mean, that's just, I think that's just being honest. I think it's realistic. And we'll talk some more about that when we come back. Plus, we got to run through some picks really quick, man. There's some huge games in the SEC this weekend. And around the nation. And around the nation. You better believe that, too. We're talking all that when we come back here on the Friday edition of On the Line on ESPN 1067. This is The Edge Daily with Kevin Flanagan, presented by the Orthopedic Clinic with locations in Auburn and Opelika to better serve you. Proverbs 31.1 says the words of King Lemuel, the oracle which his mother taught him. Hi, I'm Kevin Flanagan with The Edge Daily. In a former life, I worked with high school and junior high ministry for over 40 years. In that time, I watched very different generations pass through. I watched different teaching strategies, access to technologies, education philosophies, and all levels of socioeconomic populations impact the learning and character of kids. In all that time, there's been a single factor that has impacted kids' learning and, more importantly, character and behavior more than anything else, parents. That's right. Even in Solomon's day, what King Lemuel was taught by his mother made it into God's eternal word. Mary, mother of the second person of the Trinity, might have spoken the seven most important words in the Bible for believers. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Today, honor your parents. And if you have children, parent them well. The world desperately needs you too. 2 Timothy 3, 14 and 15 tells us, but as for you, continue on what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Don't miss any of the Edge Daily devotional challenges. Go download the free The Edge Daily app at your device's app store today. And take a look at how The Edge can partner with your company. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. We've got 30 more minutes here on the Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins. He is Uncle T-Bone, Wade Bennett, and we are in the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio. This hour on every Friday is brought to you by our friends at Sensi Green Heating and Air. We appreciate them doing that. And it's been a lot of fun so far all season long, but and especially on this Friday as well. We're going to talk some more Auburn and Vanderbilt, um, but if the game goes the way we think it should go, Auburn should take care of business. And I know we still have some thoughts on that that we're going to get to in just a moment. 
But, man, there's some massive games in college football this weekend. This is one of the weekends we've been waiting for, right? We had some of these early on in the year. There was a weekend we had six or seven top 25 matchups on a Saturday. But now that we're into November, there may not be that many top 25 games. But, man, the games that are being played, these are the ones that matter. These are the ones that are deciding conference championships, deciding who's in the running for college football playoffs. It's a huge weekend in college football, and it starts right here in the best conference in college football, the SEC. Yeah, I'm with you. There's a lot of people. I mean, this weekend's so big, there's a lot of people forgetting that after this weekend, there's still three weeks in the college football regular season. It's yeah. like, this is going to settle it all in the East, and this is going to settle it all in the West. And I don't think so. There's a lot of golf left. Uh, I think we're on about number 12 trying to close this thing out with a good round to 18, if you know what I mean. Uh, the biggest game of the week, obviously, Alabama hosting LSU, but there's a big one in the East also, right? Mm-hmm. Georgia hosting Missouri, and that Missouri team's been red hot this season, Jacob. Yes, they have, and playing really, really good football. And, of course, everybody is wondering, are they legit? Can they go in and take down the dogs? Or is this a game, like I mentioned earlier in the show, is this a game where Georgia reminds everybody, hey, Kirby Smart's still our head coach. We still have some of the best talent in college football, and we've won back-to-back national championships. I mean, that that question will be answered tomorrow uh, at 2.30 between Missouri and Georgia. And I want to start making our picks in these SEC games, as we do every week, on ESPNAU.com. That's our station website. It's where you can find the show podcast commercial-free after every show. And you can also find our contest tab. And we've been running our season-long SEC football challenge. We're still in the running, T, but we're kind of falling behind. we got some people ahead of us, man, and we're running out of time to make up some ground. Weekly winners at the end of the year, the best score gets all of the weekly prizes plus a 55-inch flat-screen smart TV. So lots happening. we got some games to pick. Let's knock out the easy ones really quick. Sure. Tennessee beats UConn, okay? That'll be um, a bloodbath. It will be a bloodbath. South Carolina defeats Jacksonville State. Thank oh, watch out there, Carolina. That, that is uh that is a good Jacksonville State team catching 15 and a half points on the road in Columbia. I do think South Carolina wins, but I think Jacksonville State will give Spencer Rattler and the Gamecocks from South Carolina all they like. I like it, man. I like it. I think they can keep it close. There's no doubt. Uh, We will, of course, leave Auburn and Vanderbilt for the end of the show. Quickly, Kentucky in Starkville this weekend. The Cats coming off a loss to Tennessee Taking on Mississippi State, coming off a loss to Auburn. What an ugly game this is. I'm going to be mean, really how honest. How boring of a football game will this be? <laughs> you know, I don't partake in this stuff, and if you do, good for you. This is for entertainment purposes only, what I'm about to say. But just play the under here. Yes. I got the Cats winning 20-10. to 10. Yeah, I'll take the Cats. I don't even feel comfortable picking a score because I don't even know what hey, it's going to be. Kentucky's killed me this year in the ESPN Picket Contest. I thought them and Arkansas were going to be so much better than they've been this year. They've been brutal. Well, speaking of Arkansas, they've got the Gators who are coming off a loss to Georgia. Can Arkansas finally put one of those random weird numbers that or letters that they're not used to? Can they put a W <laughs> on the schedule for one of the few times this season against the Gators? And can KJ Jefferson with a new offensive coordinator, can they put it together once against the Gators this weekend? Yeah, Arkansas on a bye last week and they fired their offensive coordinator, which is a good thing for them. I'm going to go ahead and be a glutton for punishment here radio folks hogs 25 gators 24 wow at least 
Sterling earlier today on the show for Paramount Sports. He took the Hogs as well. There we go. I'm taking Florida. I am. I'm taking Florida. It's a smart pick. It is. And, and I know. I'm not the biggest branching out person sometimes in my picks, but I am going to take Florida. Um, the game that's flying under the radar in the oh, SEC, yes. 11 a.m. tomorrow, it's the Aggies of Texas A&M with Jimbo Fisher, the most overhyped, overpaid coach in college football, taking on Ole Miss and the most unpredictable coach in college football, Lane Kiffin and the Rebels. If you didn't have the other two games... This would be the biggest game, but it's still going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to take Ole Miss for absolutely no reason. I picked Tennessee over Kentucky last week for the same reason. I think Ole Miss is a pick. It it worked out. Barely, but it it did work out. I'm going to take Ole Miss because I just think they're a better team. I think Jimbo and this team are still average for Texas A&M. I I hope it's not a look-ahead game for Ole Miss here, but... I am going to take Ole Miss against Texas A&M at the 11 a.m. kick. Well, a couple of thoughts here. I mean, is there a coach right now in college football who couldn't be happier with what's happening in Michigan and Dabo Sweeney taking over is also is one of the most unlikable people in college football other than Jimbo Fisher. I mean, he's rooting you, on these investigations and these uh, battles that Dabo's having with his fan base openly on the radio. I think that this will be a – really physical football game texas a and and like every week it's do or die for Dabo, right i mean for excuse me for jimbo yeah and uh i for some reason just think texas a&m they've got a great defense the defensive line there's solid and if ole miss can't run the football like lanes like to run this year they're going to get beat i think a&m catches ole miss looking ahead oh no i think a&m catches that uh ole miss crowd uh coming out of the uh grove a little groggy at 11 a.m. at 11 a.m. and I think they make this a dirty physical football game, Bobby Petrino style, DJ Durkin wow. style, I'm Jimbo Fisher style. I'm taking the Aggies here, 24-21. Wow. Well, we do always say that road teams benefit from an 11 a.m. kick more times than not. So maybe A&M can find a way and put it together because they're staring down the barrel of another seven and five year. And if I'm A&M, you've got to pull the plug at that point, man. It, it, what else can you ask him, Jimbo oh, to do? You've had X amount of years. You've been there forever. And you're doing the exact same thing with some of the best talent in college football. So I'm taking Ole Miss tomorrow over Texas a and I mean, I said it when we first met, my friend. Few teams go ahead and, and hire their next head football coach while they have a football coach. So I'm sure Bobby Petrino would be happy to take that job over. <laughs> they wouldn't have to pay him a whole lot, and that could help on that big payoff that they're going to have to give Jimbo Fisher if they let him go. I think A&M fans would riot. I think Really? I think so. I very, I who could would they very go well get, though? I mean, really, who could they realistic? I know they got more money than anybody, but who's available that's just going to be that wow factor for A&M fans? I don't know if anybody's available. You'd have to go steal somebody. I mean, would they take Dabo Sweeney? Would mm. they take him off Clemson's hand, and would he leave? He may. He might. I always think of Dan Landing from Oregon. I think he's destined for a bigger job wow. than Oregon because that's a yeah. huge job, but he's such a good head coach. Yeah. Missouri and Georgia tomorrow, a game for the East. Your thoughts on that, Uncle Tebow? You know, I think that Missouri uh, is legit. You know, two things can be true at the same time, that that Missouri is legit and that Georgia is easily going to take care of business because Georgia's hitting their stride. Georgia football has gotten better and better each week, and I think Kirby Smart and that coaching staff over there, they're figuring out exactly what they have 
and they're really molding this team. That defense for Georgia is uh, getting better and better. They they were they were dogs last week against Florida. I like this Missouri team. They've got a they've got a pretty physical defense. They parlay that with a pretty exotic and dynamic offense. Exotic, yeah, good, good word. Yeah, appreciate that. Uh, the quarterback is solid. They've got some playmakers on the outside. They're just gonna have to, they're they're not gonna have the guns here to get past Georgia. But I think they keep it closer. They they've played Georgia tough historically over the last few years. Here's the problem with this game for me. Missouri has all the hype. Missouri has all the love. And everybody wants so badly outside of Athens, besides that little circle, everybody else in the country wants Missouri to win this football game. And Vegas is begging you to take Missouri here. They're plus 15 and a half on the road in Athens. A game that I think Missouri could win, neutral site or in Columbia. But Vegas knows something we don't. They're begging you to take that 15 and a half because it just makes sense, right? This is a top 15 matchup. This is a right. game for the SEC East. Missouri can score at will. I don't think so. I think it'll be a good game early on. I think it could be within a touchdown at the half. And I think Georgia shows why they're Georgia, even without Brock Bowers. I think Georgia wins. And I think Georgia covers as well. I'm going to take wow. Georgia by 17 by the end of this thing. Yeah. I could be completely wrong, but give me Georgia to take down Missouri and remind everybody who the dogs are. Yeah, when they kind of get put into a corner uh, over these last couple of years when they've been so good and and and, and really kind of people put them on notice, like you said, they, they rise up and, and they just say, no, we're, we're on top of the college football world and we're going to keep barking here. Yeah, they do. And, and every time people doubt them, that's when they show up and play their best ball. Let's get to the phone lines really quickly before we take our final break. We'll pick Alabama, LSU, and talk Auburn and Vanderbilt and make our final picks there. 334-321-1390. Dak from Columbus, man. Great to hear from you. What's on your mind? Hey, guys. I had to call in when they when you was talking about Texas A&M jobs. It comes open. Are you, hey, are you interested? I'm definitely interested. <laughs> Just, you know, and I'll take half. I'll take half of what Jimbo's getting, okay? Well, you're greedier than uh, I am. I'd take about a tenth of what he's making. That's right. That's right. No, two names, Dion and Lane Kiffin. I said two years ago Lane Kiffin, Texas A&M or Florida job would be his next job. And those two names will be interviewed. Yeah, I could easily see Lane Kiffin at Florida. I've been saying that for a couple of years. He's almost like the perfect fit for that program down there, even to the visor. I don't know. I don't know if a program like A and M goes ahead and takes the uh, the Dion plunge here. I think there's a little bit more data they're going to have to see uh, before they make an investment because that would cost them a tremendous amount of money, which they have. But even when you have a lot of money, you just don't want to throw it away. Yeah, but they could get Dion cheap. I don't know. Uh, then he get some kind of buyout and you know, in, in a new contract yeah. almost immediately. And here's the thing, if he keeps winning at Colorado and can prove that he's actually a good college coach at the highest level, he will have the ability to demand a lot of money, especially from a place like Texas A and M that has shown and and really shown their cards that they've got it to spend. Well, look, A and M's got go ahead, Dak. Yeah. Well, I was just saying that's why they got to get him cheap now. Don't wait another year before he can start winning with more better recruits. That's fair. They can get him cheap this year. It's a risk, though. It's a huge yeah, risk. It is. You know, all of the stuff but, that but, we're talking about, though. Our, all the stuff that we're talking about, though, that Jimbo Fisher is very aware of. And this is why it's do or die for him every week, and why I think he's going to go in there and throw the kitchen sink at Lane. 
Yeah, I agree with you. I do. He wants to keep that big paying job, too. We appreciate the call, Dak. Thanks, man. Yep, great to hear from you, Dak, as always. 334-321-1390. Let's go ahead and take our final break, come back. We'll pick Alabama LSU, give our final thoughts if we've kind of been sprinkling them in all hour long for Auburn and Vanderbilt. We'll wrap up the Friday edition of On the Line when we come back here on ESPN 106.7. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Winding down the Friday edition of On the Line here on ESPN 106.7. We are joined by Uncle Tebow and Wade Bennett as we always are on Friday afternoons. And it's all brought to you by Sensi Green Heating and Air. Plug them real quick. Plug Radio Free Auburn as well before we make picks for Alabama, LSU, and, of course, Auburn and Vanderbilt. Yep, Sensagreen Heating and Air. Check them out at www.sensagreen.com. That's Sensagreen Heating and Air for air that's cool and clean. Call Sensagreen. RadioFreeAuburn.com, man. That's where my blog lives. Check that out. we got a new one out this week called The Race Is On. And one more thing, everybody, tomorrow, 11 o'clock, 94.3 FM Wings. Game day on Wings. It'll be me and Jack Hudden. Sorry you're not going to be there, man. You need to come in maybe for the Iron Bowl and let's do let's have three people in studio. Yeah. That'd be a lot of fun. Because I'll be in town because um, here at Auburn Network, everybody else gets the time off around Thanksgiving. But for us sports guys, that's the busiest time of the year. So That's right. we won't have a show on Thanksgiving Day on that Thursday, but we have shows on Wednesday, and of course we have show on Friday. And so, yeah, I may have to come in for the Iron Bowl yeah, on that I'll be Saturday. around too, so if you need me to come in and help out, I'll just be hanging out and carving that turkey and talking football. So Love I'll be it, happy man. to come on air with the Alabama-LSU. No doubt Woo! the game of the week in college football. There's a few other big games. And, and real quick, you know, Washington at Southern Cal. Nothing. You know, Washington by, by – I think so. So to Texas, Texas struggle with Kansas State at home, four and a half point favorite. That seems a little low. I like Texas. I got Oklahoma State upset in Oklahoma. Really? Yeah, Bedlam. Uh, Oklahoma has dominated that series, but last the, one for a while. Yeah, it may be the last one for a, a, quite a while, yeah. which is really sad. And, and another reason I'm not a big expansion fan. But we can talk about that in the off season. The big one on CBS prime time. Bryant-Denny Stadium, Gary Danielson, under the lights, (laughs) Alabama hosting LSU. I think this will be a complete wild and woolly atmosphere in the famous words of Jim Fife. I don't see how you can pick against Alabama at home in those circumstances, but especially since LSU has a lot of injuries on the defensive side. Tons of injuries, and that's the biggest thing for me. I know uh, Doug was talking about it earlier today. Everybody's been talking about it over the last couple of days since it just continues to pile up uh, for LSU, and the big one is Wingo on the defensive side. I Huge. mean, him him being out, it, it really is a game changer. Like, well, I know we use that word a ton, right. and everybody uses that word, but that legitimately could be the difference between a win and a loss because we know LSU's defense has not been playing great this season but when you lose a guy who is a top 10 top 15 player on the defensive side of the football in this conference yeah it's going to make a huge game changer it really really is and so here's the thing for me Nick Saban off a bye is about the strongest thing you can ever bet on in sports being at home under the lights, I think LSU's offense is legit, obviously, um, but I think Alabama's defense plays well enough, and the story of the game is Alabama's offense versus LSU's defense, especially with the injuries we just talked about. 
Uh, I mean, I'm going to take the, the the safe pick, if you will. I'm going to take Alabama um, to win this game and, and continue to be in the driver's seat for the SEC West to get back to Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, Brian Kelly's no joke as a head coach either, and he's he's had the week off as well. Their offense has gotten better and better at, since Jaden Daniels has landed in LSU. They've really had one bad game, and that was against Florida State. Had some weird uh, – the playmakers didn't really show up on the outside and some turnovers in that game. They're going to score a lot of points. I know Alabama's defense is nasty. Okay, and the and I said it preseason, the defensive backfield at Alabama might be the best one that Saban's ever had there. Okay, and it's going to be up to Alabama to score with LSU. And if they can't do it, I'm sure the referees can there in the second half. I'm just joking. Are but, you though? Uh, maybe not. And uh, there's a lot of truth in humor, right? That's right. And uh, you know, the key for LSU. And I've been saying this, and I don't get paid hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars to be a defensive coordinator, but if I did, I would have two safeties back, and there is no way on earth Milrow's going to beat me with a deep ball for mm-hmm. a touchdown. Not happening. Yeah. That is a wep- That is their number one weapon. They have flipped scripts in games so quickly with that, it's ridiculous. You take that away. You forget he can do it. And oh, he can he throws a beautiful deep ball. You take that away and you make Alabama run underneath routes and umbrella coverage that he will make a mistake and put a little pressure on him and throw it into double team coverage. Yeah, I, I'm with you, man. Should be a lot of fun. Should be back and forth. Uh, again, I'll take the safe pick in Alabama, but I, I can see too. I could see it going either way. I really, really could. And so that'll be a fun one under the lights there in Tuscaloosa. We've got a couple of minutes. Again, we've talked about it on and off this entire hour. I have the entire show Auburn and Vanderbilt and the reason you know it seems like we haven't maybe talked about it as much is I know that Auburn is still four and four and just one and four in conference play but if Auburn focuses and has prepared and goes in and takes care of business this should not be a problem tomorrow Vanderbilt should not be an issue you're on the road I don't care I know Hugh Free said it makes him nervous I think that's a, a sign that's a statement to get his team ready and prepared Auburn's going to win this football game tomorrow. I think Auburn covers tomorrow, and I think Auburn plays well. It won't be perfect because I don't think this team is perfect, but I think Auburn wins, and I think it'll be comfortable by the end of it. These two teams met for the first time in 1893. Despite that and only being 300 miles apart, they've only squared off 43 times. Vanderbilt historically would you agree, is the worst football program in the SEC amongst current teams. And probably even – I might be a little better than Sewanee. Uh, it's it's, but it's I don't down know. there. But they, they've been terrible. We've only squared off against them 43 times. You know what the overall record is, my friend? It is tied, baby. 21-21-1. Hey, and from 1930 to 1950, Vandy won eight straight games in this series. That's Brian Harson, bad man. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I mean, how how can how the last two times we've been up there, 2012, Vanderbilt wins 17 to 13. That ended Gene Chiswick's career. 2008, Tommy Tuberville ends his career up there, losing 14 to 13. I mean, it hasn't been a Rose Garden against Vanderbilt, and they've been terrible for a long time. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, Auburn is way more talented across the board. Every position, uh, 
every from special teams, offensive line, defensive line. If A.J. Swan doesn't play, I don't think he does. They'll be breaking in a new quarterback. Ron Roberts and that defense will terrorize whomever that is. I do think that we get, you know, that turnover streak continues. This is the type team you scoop and score on. I saw a Mississippi State team minus their quarterback, Will Rogers, that reminds me a lot of this Vandy team, except worse. Auburn will run it down Vandy's throat tomorrow. Get up early. Cruise and protect late. We cover 27-14. I love it. Hey, all of our Auburn game day coverage begins tomorrow at 11 a.m. over on Wings 94.3. 11 a.m. with game day on Wings 94.3. Jumping Jack Cudden in this one right here. Uncle T-Bone will lead you into the Tiger Tailgate Show and kick off between Auburn and Vanderbilt 3 o'clock on Wings 94.3. Uncle T, as always, brother, appreciate you, man. This was a blast. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's always fun to be here. And thank you to Sensor Green for making it happen. And www.sensorgreen.com. Absolutely. Thank them so much. Everybody have a great weekend. Auburn High School. School on Wings 94.3 tonight as well on the road at Smith Station. Lee Scott, we're off this week. We'll be back on next week. Have a great weekend. We'll be back on Monday to break it all down, talk Auburn Vandy, talk SEC, everything in college football and college basketball too. Two to four right here on ESPN 106.7. Until then, stay safe. I'll talk to you later.